DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Yesterday we were talking about a story out of New Jersey, Boonton, New Jersey, right by Parsippany, just right down the street from where PK grew up, literally. And uh, there's a 97-year-old guy, Uncle Jimmy. He passed away and stunned his nieces and nephews. He, he didn't have kids, but he stunned his nieces and nephews by leaving them a massive baseball card collection they found in the attic. Six signed Babe Ruth cards in mint condition, all expected to go for over $100,000. Lou Gehrig, Jimmy Fox cards, on and on through the decades. Reggie Jackson rookie card, a Jackie Robinson card from 1949, a Pete Rose card. It's, uh, they're, they're selling this in lots. It's going to take a month to auction it off. It's expected to bring in several million dollars. It's going to be auctioned off as 2,000 separate lots. So, PK, you started sharing, and you've actually, and you'd always told me you had a collection, but yesterday, and you ought to grab it if you can, yesterday you started reading some of the cards you had. You've got a pretty good collection. And you said you needed to go get it appraised at some point, so we decided, why not do it right now? We're bringing on Ryan Mag, owner of Mr. E's, Mr. M- Ryan Mog, owner of Mystery Sports Cards in Orem. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So uh, how fired up were all the collectors when they heard about this uh, uh, collection in New Jersey that this 97-year-old man left behind for his nieces and nephews? Well, it's fun to hear about. I, I think it's something we all dream about, you know, going through someone's attic and finding a Honus Wagner card that could be worth millions of dollars. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, they're doing it. <laughs> so PK's got a few cards here, and he's got a uh, – I was surprised when he started reading them off yesterday. Uh, I assume the Padre catcher Bob Barton that that card is worth 10 to 15 cents. But we can move on <laughs> – we can move on to some of the bigger names. PK, tell him some of what you got. And obviously he can't see them, so he can't give a precise evaluation. But he can still kind of ballpark on how good these cards are and how rare these are and, and what you got going there. All right. I have a Steve Carlton 1970 baseball card in which he is wearing a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. I did not even realize Steve Carlton, who was born in St. Louis, uh, his first one, two, three, four. Five years in the big leagues were with St. Louis, and I think it's in pretty good condition. What am I looking at? Okay, so uh, it's not his rookie card, unfortunately. No, that's usually the one that's yeah, that's the one that's worth the most money is his rookie card. Um, this one, uh, do you remember back in the day they had a, a book called the Beckett that would give I, you a price? I don't know of your. You don't, you don't, okay, you don't know about this. Okay, well, in the 80s and 90s, there was a, a book called a Beckett, and it would give you a price of what these cards are worth. Now, that card is probably about an $8 card, I would say, 8 to $10 in, in the Beckett. Now, if it's in perfect condition, and I could tell you about grading cards, there's, there's these companies that grade cards now. The three major ones would be PSA, Beckett, and uh, SGC, and if you have them graded really high, the scale is between one and ten. If it is a ten, that ten dollar card could multiply exponentially. So, for example, uh, that Steve Carlton, if you can get it in a, let's say a nine, it's a hundred dollar card. 
So it multiplies by 10 if you kept it in good condition, really good condition. What if I, what if I put it on my bike and uh, paper clipped it into the spoke so it made a cool sound? What would that be worth? Then it became 10 cents. <laughs> okay, good. It's about- All my cards are in good condition, I have to say. I think they are. Would yeah. you- and they're all, it looks like they're all 1970. That's good. That's good. That's a good year. So you got Nolan Ryan's out of there? That's my favorite one. I have Nolan Ryan in a Mets uniform, yes. Okay. Well, that's a good one because uh, that'll probably book out about, no, I'd say 90 to $150 nice. in raw condition. Now, if it's graded and you get a nine out of it, it'll get you $2,000. Oh, oh, man. What are your office if hours? You get a nine. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get a nine out of it, it's, it's tough, you know, because we didn't know to keep them in good condition. We'd Correct. put them in our bunk spikes, right? But, but I, I, I never put them in any bike spokes. I, I, I never okay, did thank that. Goodness. Thank <laughs> no, goodness. No, I, I think, and I can't really compare it because I'm not a, a card aficionado, but I, uh, I believe my 1970 Hank Aaron card with the Braves is in good condition. Okay, there's another good one. If you can get a nine in that, you'll get... Uh, 800 to $1,000, it looks like. Whoa. DJ, it's been nice doing the show with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is quickly becoming PK's favorite segment of the day, right? So I got, I got, same, I got Willie Stargell. I got Roberto Clemente. Okay, Clemente, I think he'll go for over two thousand. <laughs> if if P-K, it's in a nine, P-K, so P-K. You, <laughs> you need to keep that in mind that it's really tough to get a nine. Okay, a seven. Well, well, get, the give, give, uh, a seven and a nine. Sorry, the, I'm the thinking of between a, a seven and a nine is, is you almost can't even tell. Yeah, I got you, and I and I wouldn't know, but I can I can send you I can send you a picture of the of the cards. I think that for as old as they are, I think my Willie Mays one, uh, a little scuff on the bottom, but my Willie McCovey one and my. Bobby Bonds one looks really good. I I think so anyway. I got multiple Willie McCoveys. I probably got uh, three or four different Willie McCoveys. Oddly enough, I think the card that would get you the most money out of that uh, entire 1970 set would be a Johnny Bench All-Star card, if you can get that in pristine condition. Okay, I got, uh, let's see, Johnny Bench... I got a. It's a card of him. Uh, oh, it would have been nineteen. Is it's a nineteen? His stats on the back run through nineteen seventy-two, and he's making a catch in front of a field-level dugout that doesn't have uh, steps. And then also too, I've okay. got a Sporting News card of Johnny Bench. Okay, and so if the stats on the back said seventy-two. Yeah. Then the card's probably going to be a 1973. Exactly. That's the best way yes. to tell. It'll always be the year after. Right, right. Um, yeah, so uh, Johnny Bench, let me see. Uh, um, you say that one's in pretty good shape? Yeah, I think they, I, I, they're all in, my mother put them together and all the, and put them in little slots. So I got, for each page, I've got nine cards and they're all in okay. individual uh, sl- slots or whatever you would say. You used the word DJ mm-hmm. yesterday. I can't remember what the word you used. Yeah, sleeves. It's like a little sleeve. Yeah, page. You. Well, we call them just pages. 
Yeah. Now they're just pages in a binder. Um, I'm not finding your Johnny Bench here. Let's see. Oh, nope. There we go. Okay. That one, uh, if you can get a nine, it's only about 400 to $500. But if you can get a 10, which is a perfect card, it's perfectly centered, never been touched, especially in like rubber bands or something, um, you get $2,300 for it. So, so it, I should it, probably it not take them out of the little binders. I'm going to leave them in there. I don't want to screw it up. I would leave them there for now, yes. Okay, gosh, dang it, man. I, good thing I've been washing my hands every three uh, every three breaks, you know, for the other thing. Well, that's another thing is uh, the whole COVID thing. Everyone's bringing out their old cards and, uh, you know, selling them on eBay. And it's it's caused cards to go up in value. So just over the last few months, you know, these cards have come up quite a bit. What you say? I didn't hear that last part. Say that again for me. (laughs) (laughs) They're worth more than you thought, right? Sweet home Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you have a, what was the number on the Willie Mays card? I didn't catch that. Or if I did, I I, I blanked out. So So he, he said it was deemed up, right? Uh, it has a little scuff down in the bottom left, the Willie Mays one. But, I mean, it's just, it's just turned up a little. And this is from 1970, right? Well, I don't want to touch it now, but uh, let's see. Oh, I could look on the back. I don't need to touch it because she only had uh, Willie Mays. Yeah, it runs through. Willie Howard Mays runs through the 69 season. Uh, okay, yeah. If that one were to get a 9... Uh, you'd be at about six hundred and fifty dollars, but it doesn't sound but, like it uh, will. But an eight, yeah, yeah. So let's see. With the scuff on the bottom, uh, um, I mean, I'd have to see how bad it is. If it's if it's a crease, I mean, it probably dropped all the way to like twenty bucks. A uh, real little minor crease, but you know, we're getting into minutia. Okay, here. yeah, it's. It, you can see on eBay all the time. You could take any one of these cards and look them up on eBay and find out what people are asking. But what you want to do is look at completed listings, and you'll get a pretty good estimate of what all your cards are worth. And then you'll see that ones that make the most money are the ones that grade higher. Right. But, that yeah, makes, it, that makes sense. it's a piece of cardboard that people pay money for. I also have a lot of... Uh like uh, a 1970 American League strikeout leaders, and it's got Sam McDowell across the top, and then in below them to the left, Mickey Lowlidge, and then in the right, Bob Johnson. Those types of cards. Yeah, so, yeah some of those that have other players on them, um, they tend not to be as much as the card where it's an individual star. Even if you had, like, say, Willie Mays, uh, Mickey Mantle, and someone else on the card, that card tends to be worth less than, say, a Mickey Mantle card just by himself. Right. I understand what you're saying. Oddly yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I buy that. How about somebody like a Kurt Flood who was so instrumental in what he did off the field as opposed to on the field? So, uh, you know, his cards will tend to to be lower in value just because he wasn't as good on the field. But, I mean, you get a guy like uh, 
uh, you know, Kirk Flood or Bob Euchre's an example of that from the 60s. You know, he played on Mr. Belvedere. His cards are worth money because he uh, he became a an actor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's all relative. It's what people are willing to pay. How about somebody popularity? like, a, like a Joe Torrey? I've got two cards of Joe Torrey, and, you know, he was a pretty good player in his day. Yeah. But obviously yeah. became a Hall of Fame manager. Right. Yep. Yeah, like, um, for instance, some of his cards will book out um, in raw condition for, like, $10 or something. But if you get, like, a 10 in, in, in say, the 1970, 1971 tops, it'd be about a $250 card. If it were to get a 9 or a 10, you'd probably be looking over 100 200 Cool. Good for me. <laughs> okay, so those are the, those are the baseball cards. Do do basketball cards hold even a fraction of the allure and and I guess money and profit also? When we're talking when we're talking to old timers, unfortunately not as much. Uh, but when we're talking about like Michael Jordan, yes, especially since uh, his documentary came out, his cards have skyrocketed. So basketball is just shooting through the roof right now. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I think a, a PSA 10 Scottie Pippen sells for like $2,000 on eBay right now, if I'm not mistaken, which is kind of ridiculous because that's the era where they overproduced the cards, the, the late 80s, early 90s. But that's the market now. I mean, basketball is going up for sure. Yeah, I got a bunch of old-time basketball cards, too. I don't if you can I... get them graded, they still go for good money. Cool. Well, Ryan, we appreciate coming on in a few minutes. He owns uh, Mystery Sports Cards in Orem, and uh, maybe him helping price PK's cards to get some of you thinking about what you got in your attic or your garage. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, where are you in uh, Orem for people who want to come down and uh, show you what they've got or show you what they were left by Grandpa who collected them? <laughs> so we're at 720 South State. We're in the same complex as the Larry H. Miller used car uh, group um, right across the street from the Sierra Theater. I got one more for you. How about a Jim okay. Bunning, 1970 Jim Bunning? Now, obviously, he went in the political arena. He was a pretty good pitcher in his day. It's a Phillies, uh, and I think it's in excellent condition. And he, what was he, a senator or congressman? He served in political office, right? Congressman, I think. Okay, give me the number on the card on the back. The year? Uh, no, there's a card number that'll be up in, say, like uh, the left-hand corner, right-hand corner. Uh, Jim. He's not one that actually appears, so he's probably going to be what we call a, a, a minor star. And if those grade at a nine, you'll only get about 30 bucks. Well, uh, you mean like tops 403? Yeah, tops. Yeah, yep. So, so it'd be card number 403, yeah. which doesn't show as a, a major star. Come on, he had no um, hitters in both leagues and was one of only two pitchers in history to record better than a thousand strikeouts per league. What are you talking about? You're trying to lowball me, aren't you, dog? <laughs> hey, I love Nolan Ryan better. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nolan Ryan, would it matter? Like Nolan Ryan in a Mets uniform versus, well, what would he be known for? Maybe Angels. more Astros, Rangers. more Angels. Rangers. Uh, yeah, well, that was his first team was the Mets. So, Correct. You know, if you have his rookie card, everyone loves that. I mean, that, that's a prime example I like to show in grading. If you can get an eight in an Nolan Ryan rookie card, it's three thousand dollars. If you can get a nine, it's thirty thousand dollars. Oh man, no, it's not his rookie card again. It's nineteen seventy, so he'd only yeah. made uh, three appearances. He got up in the big leagues in sixty-seven, and then spent or sixty-six and spent sixty-seven back in the minors, and then got back to yep. stay in the bigs in '68. But it says tops uh, seven twelve. Lynn Nolan Ryan. Yep, yep. That's the the one that I was telling you could be eighteen hundred bucks if you get a nine out of it. Oh, I think I can get a nine. I can easily get a nine. <laughs> I've gotten many nines in my life. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> George Thomas Seaver. There you go. Tops three hundred. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's same year. I didn't even know Tom Seaver's first name was George. Yeah, if you could get a dine out of that, it's at least three hundred bucks. Yeah. All right, man. Summer party's on me. All right, PK, do it. You're gonna have to go get the full analysis and let them, uh, you know. You, do you put on? Is it like with a, you know, the gemstones? You know, you go to the jeweler and they put that little thing in their eye, the little thing, and they stare at it. They talk to you. It's totally intimidating. I'd probably just have a little magnifying glass. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for a few minutes, Ryan. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and uh, giving PK a ballpark on what he might be able to expect. Thank you. Hope they grade high. Ryan Mogg, owner of Mr. E's Sports Cards in Orem. How about that, PK? Didn't know you had Up that. the grade high, too. I know I bought low. <laughs> Didn't know you had that parked in the corner all these years. Might really be well, something. I mean, I did... And I have a friend who asked me, you know, when are you going to do something about it? And I have, he texted me, and I've been meaning to, uh, but, you know, I haven't I haven't done it yet. But, I, I mean, I have them. My mother put them together, and they're here. And I knew, I've always known that I could probably get something out of these cards. And it's not like I have anybody to pass them down to in the family who would care. I don't. Well, that's with the story this all started with, the uh, New Jersey man. So he didn't have kids. He had nieces and nephews. And he, uh, he showed them to them over time, uh, but they never got into it the way he did. One of his nephews uh, told a New Jersey paper, no one in the family was as knowledgeable about the baseball card industry as Uncle Jimmy, so we really didn't know a good card from a not-so-good card. He said Uncle Jimmy handed over part of his collection to his relatives when they visited him over the past 15 years. You'll figure it out when I'm gone, Peter quoted his uncle as saying in response to their questions about his Grand Slam collection. Several million. Holy cow. All right. DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll catch you up to date on everything we've been talking about in this show next. Stay with us. And now, attention. Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said he's listening to the concerns of NBA players regarding the resumption of their season in Orlando. His sense is that the league and his players will be able to work through most of the issues over the next few weeks. Silver said, listen, it's not an ideal situation. We're trying to find our way to our own normalcy in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a century of recession or worse, with 40 million unemployed and now with enormous social unrest in the country. Utah released Wasatch Academy standout Caleb Lohner from his national letter of intent. He signed with the school. He's expected to sign with BYU in the coming days. Former Utah forward Booth Gotch announced he's transferring to the University of Minnesota. Gotch had his name, had entered his name into the NBA draft, but will now withdraw his name from consideration. Top of the Wire brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and right now Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Plus, schedule three rooms, and they'll clean your fourth for free. Call Zero Res today to schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. If he wants to resume his career in the NFL, that obviously is going to take a team to make that decision. But I welcome that, uh, support the club making that decision and encourage them to do that. If his efforts are not on the field, but and continuing to work in this space, we welcome to that to that table and, and to be able to help us and guide us and help us make better decisions about the kinds of things that need to be done in communities. That's Roger Goodell talking about encouraging teams to sign Colin Kaepernick. Now, it's up to the teams. We'll see if someone makes an offer. I think the quarterback carousel is pretty much set. So I think if something happens, it's going to be after teams have injuries. And, you know, does he want to start? Is he willing to be a backup? Does he want to play at all? Or he's doing social justice work and he hasn't played in four years and he's just moved on. Uh, We haven't heard from him, so I don't know the answer to any of those questions. Sure you do. You know what, the answer. To that you question. think he'll come back no matter what? If they give him enough money, he'll come back. That's always the answer, right? But if he's coming back as a backup, you know, when the injuries, him, how much money enough, is that? Yeah, if they give him enough money to come back as a backup, he'll come back. So what's the number? What's enough? A million, five, ten? That's up to him and to answer. I don't know no, what that is. That was my point. Yes, I don't. I don't know what the money. What what he deems is an appropriate salary, if he were to f- receive an offer. I'm not saying it was even offer. I don't know that, but all, we, all the answers to your questions are in money. <laughs> so will injuries free up a starting role? Will they free up a backup role? Uh, and then the other guy who's out there is Cam Newton. So it's not even like Kaepernick would be the first call. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that issue has sailed, and maybe it hasn't. Remains to be seen. We got a text here that I want to hit up this uh Clint, who texts all the time, or tweets, I should say. The issue didn't, quote, become about the flag. People made it about the flag on purpose, racist people. Well, I went back, and in August in 2016, when Colin didn't stand for a preseason game against Green Bay, and he did an exclusive interview with NFL media, uh, his quote was, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses oppresses black people, people 
and people. Uh, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. So when he says I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag, did racist people make it about a flag? Who really made it about the flag? Well, it can obviously be calling there. I mean, it's, you know, what what motivated everyone to come down on whatever side of that issue? Uh, you know, you just have to talk to each individual person. Right, but that's not the point. Who made it originally about the flag? Well, he he does in that quote, he makes it about the flag. Uh so. so maybe we should look at the original quote and say, who made it about the flag? Because we hear a lot of, well, it never was about the flag. Is that true? Was it not really about the flag? Or was it about the flag? So was it mostly about a human rights issue or is it mostly about the flag? I mean, from that comment, I guess, depending on your point of view, you could make it 80-20 about either thing. You know, you made the point earlier that it wasn't a political thing. In your mind, it was a human rights thing. But... It quickly became about politics. That's for sure. But who made it originally about the flag? And in his very first statement, I'm not well, going to stand up yeah, to show pride the flag. in a flag. Gr- growing up in San Diego, and obviously decades before, you know, this was the headline in the news. Uh, and it's why when this started, I just thought back to my childhood if it involves the flag, to some people, it's always going to be about the flag. If it's about the flag and three other things, to some people, the flag is always going to be the first, second, and third thing it's about. That fired people up when I was a kid. That was what, and, and so for some people, that's what it's always going to be about. Well, what's the national anthem for you? It's something we do before the games because of World War II history. That's what. It, so when you do it, you're doing it to honor World War II history. Or you're doing it because you're told to do it. Oh yeah. Why, why do you? Do I mean, it? the early, the earliest thing I did it because I was told to do it. Well, how about now? Habit, I guess. I mean, I don't. I'm not usually in my seat at the start of games. If you were in your seat at the start of games, habit. I mean, it's a habit. It's it's what we do. We don't do it before. Concerts and movies, but we do it before games. And, you know, we do it before big-time games. I don't, I don't think we did it. I'm pretty sure we didn't do it before all my high school basketball games. I think we just went out there and played. But I'm if you're in the well pros, if you're in the pros or college, it becomes part of the show before the start of the game. Yeah, there's other times that it's done. It's not just exclusively related to sporting events. What would some of the other times it's... Church, Boy Scouts. Uh, yeah, the uh, scouting July thing. July 4th fireworks. Yeah, July 4th fireworks. Uh, uh, Pledge of Allegiance, the start of a school day and scouting events. I always associate those two. Yeah. So it's not exclusive to sporting events. We didn't do the, we didn't do the anthem... At the scouting stuff I went to, but I guess at other stuff they could have. Oh, I didn't do scouts as a kid, but I understand. But as a a parent, I did it. Okay. For a couple of years, not for a long time. And Uh, they do it. Sometimes they do it. Well, whether where it's done, I don't know that necessarily is the issue. It's just for some people, it is about the flag. And for others, it isn't. And I don't have any problem if it's not about the flag for you apparently it's not for you it's about just uh something that is just uh 
that you don't even think twice about it, yeah. and you do it out of just habit, or maybe you do it because you don't want the grief and the blowback if anybody were to see you not to do it. And I'm sure you don't want that. I know you don't want that. I absolutely wouldn't want that. <laughs> even if you believed in it, you wouldn't do it because you don't want the grief. Uh that comes with it. Whether the grief is justified or not is not the point. Nevertheless, it would be for yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't it would know be you... big news if you knelt at a jazz game. <laughs> it would be big news. Uh, yeah, but I, just uh, when we went to San Diego State games as a kid, and my dad was a veteran, and it would be my dad, my grandpa, and my two brothers and I. It would be the five of us. And there were th- we weren't in the same row. There were three seats in one row and then two seats in the row in front. And at various times, each one of us got hit or kneed or uh, shoved or tapped on the shoulder by, by my dad for screwing around during the anthem. I mean, at the youngest age, in elementary school. You know, talking to your brother during the anthem. Bam. Hit on the shoulder. Knock it off. At this point, it, it's so ground into me, I would never do that. I mean, I can, I can see those moments happening right now. Okay, you wouldn't do it because it's not something you believe in or just because it's a pattern? Uh, I have never psychoanalyzed myself deeply enough to do it, but I, on the surface, I would say pattern. I would say habit, what I said earlier. You know, that, I mean, that's just, it just is what I do. I, I haven't really psychoanalyzed why, but I think a lot of stuff goes back to our childhood and what we are taught and, you know, early lessons and all that stuff. And that one definitely stuck with me i do it because it's a way for me to pay respect to the military because i didn't serve and yeah. I, just didn't, I didn't do a jack squat when it came to freedom and my dad I've, did and my dad did exactly. and i think that's part of yeah, for the sure. whole mix of the habit you know yeah. and it's but been if, it's been interesting my brother uh my dad passed away a few years ago i think we talked about it on the air he had alzheimer's and um Cleaning out, he was he was hoarding at the end, and it was you know going in and cleaning out his condo was pretty rough. But we did find some cool stuff, and my youngest brother took a lot of family slides, some of which didn't even belong to my dad; they had belonged to my grandfather. But when my grandfather died, my dad just put them in a box and a on a shelf in a closet. So some of these photos we had never seen, and and some of them posted, and there were there were a couple, including one that made my daughter gasp, like that's Gramp. And he's he's 19 years old in a jung- in the jungle in the Philippines, you know. So, yeah, I don't know that I could pull apart each and every single reason you do it, but knowing he was a vet and knowing that was important to him, you know, not then. That w- that wouldn't be the way to that wouldn't be the the place or the time, for me anyway. All right, anything else from the show you want to hit on? We had Barry Trammell on, on uh, talking about uh, Chris Paul in the NBA and about Gundy at Oklahoma State, who got into it with his star running back, and then they cut a video and patched it up. He wore an OAN T-shirt, and the running back was offended, and then multiple Oklahoma State players, past and present, were offended. OAN's been identified as a network that is uh, firmly in Trump's corner, more so than Fox. And that fact wasn't lost on the players. They were pretty upset with Gundy. And, and Barry Trammell thinks that this is just a uh, pattern of Gundy doing what he wants and uh, not a lot of accountability there. But he wonders if this is going to be a big problem for him going forward recruiting. 
because it all comes back to recruiting and winning, PK. Yeah, well, then the young man is going to choose a school that is determined upon where he has the best chance to play and what helps him succeed. So I don't know that it would necessarily be a complete and total turnoff. As I was reading Jason Whitlock on Twitter this morning, this running back, apparently, you know, obviously he's good and has a shot to be in the NFL. He knew full well when he signed on, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he just didn't do his homework. But as Barry said, Oklahoma is firmly entrenched in the Trump camp as a state. You chose to go there knowing, or at least you should have known, that there's going to be Trump supporters all around you. Historically, when you look at uh, states' voting patterns, Oklahoma and Utah will be right there in the top two, three, four states uh, as the most red state where a Republican presidential candidate gets the highest percentage yeah, of the vote. Yeah, and me not being political, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I knew about Utah because I've lived here, but I did no idea about Oklahoma. And I, I got to imagine, which is OAN, is that what it's called? OAN, One America News, or One uh, American... They, they're probably loving this. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most pub they've gotten, right? Yeah, and, and if you tell me that they're further right than Fox News, there's no way I'm going to pay attention to it. Well, a lot of people aren't going to watch it here because I don't think it's widely available here. But I mean, there's ways to find stuff. You don't Probably. You can, you it's probably it out there streaming somewhere right. if you really wanted to and see it. And there would be no way that I would be interested. Once you once you announce, I'd rather I'd rather you have you announce your bias and then I can decide. Don't try to fool me. Don't try to tell me you're regular media but you're not. That's where I get offended. If you want to be whatever Fox News or whatever's on the other side, go ahead and do it. Just let me know up up front. You know, it's like when you look at a magazine and you see well, this is a paid political advertisement, or this is a paid advertisement. You think it might be a legitimate story because it has some copy in it? Well, just put in there. This is a paid advertisement. Well, then I know. And then it's up to me for me to decide whether I want to partake of it or not. But don't try to fool me and pretend you're not. That, that just drives me crazy. You know, I've said that with your fandom in sports. I don't care if you're a fan. If you're a media member and you're a fan of whatever team, fine. But don't try to fool me and say you're not. When you really are, that's what bugs me. The fact that you are, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'd rather know the information and then adjust accordingly. And this OAN, I've never looked at it, and there's probably a really good chance that I'm never going to look at it. DJ and PK brought to you apart by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Feedback of the day coming up. And it's over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Well, the feedback comes from Clint. Clint has now tweeted in uh, like four of the last six things we've been tweeted at here. Uh, okay, you on Origins? Okay, then slave over to Francis Scott Key made it about the flag. Many people chose to simply be outraged patriots and never bothered to find out why Kaepernick kneeled. Now we have the NFL apologizing, saying he was right all along. We can argue about this over and over, but does talking about it change any of this? I mean, What is cool, this? Anything that's been pissing people off for the last three weeks. I mean, police brutality, systemic racism, uh, you know, pick your favorite phrase. Well, I believe change comes at the individual level. 
if I want a better life for myself, I got to try to change my life or improve my life, and hopefully that uh, that can that be achieved. Now, somebody else may have a better opportunity. Somebody else may have a uh, a lesser of an opportunity, and uh, hopefully everybody has an equal opportunity. In a perfect world, that's the way it would be. But I, I man, I can't solve the world problems. I can't even solve problems in my own family, as you know. You know well better than. Just about I've, anybody. I've heard the stories. <laughs> so, trying to solve the world problems, I got no answers for you. <laughs> uh, we had on uh, Ryan Mogg, owner of Mystery Sports Cards in Orem, and uh, we were going through the uh, the baseball card collection you had, and it brought up this guy in New Jersey, ninety seven years old, passed away, left a what apparently is going to turn out to be a multi-million dollar collection to his nieces and nephews, autographed Babe Ruth cards, six of them. And that is just the start. He's got stuff literally from every decade. And uh, we were talking about, well, you know, what's in somebody else's attic? And Jill tweeted at us, I think the Christmas decorations are in my parents' attic. <laughs> she's, not, she's not counting on the mother load upstairs. <laughs> Sweet, I won the lottery. <laughs> Well, depending on how valuable those Christmas decorations are. <laughs> uh, Bleed Blue Blood tweets at us. As a kid, I found a Nolan Ryan rookie card in my grandparents' attic. At the time, it was valued at $1,400. I looked up the price and just about passed out. <laughs> so what happened? Did you get the $1,400? Uh, Bleed Blue Blood will have to let us know. I don't know. Yeah, well, doesn't that beg the question, what happened to the card? It does, it does. <laughs> so, a listener... And I didn't know, I mean, I learned a lot in that segment. I didn't yeah. know about this whole ranking 1 to 10 scale. I mean, I was aware, generally aware that, that a condition yeah. card is yeah. worth more, but I didn't know there was a whole scale. I didn't know that you could plug in values based on the number, and right. I didn't know that going from an 8 to a 9 could make something... 10 times more valuable. I had no idea. So we had a listener text me and say, hey, can you ask Ryan about, he has some Michael Jordan cards. He talked about the fact that uh-huh. Michael Jordans have, yeah. have skyrocketed in value. Uh, Ryan responded about these, their rookie cards of Michael Jordans from Fleer back in the mid-80s. He said if they were a nine on the scale right now, $10,000 if not more per card. So some crazy Man, values who would, there. who would buy that stuff? I have no idea. I was just looking up. I have a Bill Buckner card with Dodgers, and I and I just looked up Bill Buckner and that ball that went through the that went through his legs. Charlie Sheen owned it, and then somebody else bought it for like three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars. I can't imagine doing that, man, for a, a baseball. So I never got into <laughs> baseball cards. As long as we're talking about my dad here in this hour of the show, he's getting a lot of run. Uh, he was not into baseball cards, and there was a kid in the neighborhood who was. There may have been a couple, actually. I'm a little fuzzy on the details. There were probably three or four other boys, you know, roughly my age in the neighborhood. Um, not counting my two brothers, uh, but there were six or seven of us in this neighborhood. How many girls? And uh, it would be uh, one, two, three, four. It would have been four girls. Yeah, uh, well, and tell was, us more. It was one. It was one of the boys. I lived there until the seventh grade. There's nothing to tell. Uh, but one or two of the boys got into baseball cards and brought up a dad. He's looking at me. He just shook his head. He's no. And he is a huge baseball fan. I mean, huge. Uh, <laughs> when did you have your first kiss, man? You didn't have it by the seventh grade. Uh, it was seventh grade, actually. See, yeah. See, Yak, we're pulling back the curtain, man. We're getting more details. Three, DJ three getting some us. action. 
three of the four <laughs> girls were younger than me, so they probably would have been like uh, fifth grade. So no, PK, no, no, not fifth grade. That's no. no. When you're in the seventh grade, fifth graders, no, they're kids. There was no interest there. Sorry, not, not <laughs> but the fellow seventh grader. There was grader? one. There was one. There was one girl who was older, and she. She would have been, I think she was, I think she was three years. She had a brother who was a year ahead of me. Um, and he actually went to BYU. Um, and she You were was, making out with a 10th grader in the no, seventh grade? No, I was not. I was not. <laughs> That's why I was hopeful we were going to get out of this story. No. Patty <laughs> would have been a 10th grader, I think. Yeah, I think she was three years. Maybe it was two, but I think she was three years in front of me. All right, hey, uh, before we go, I just saw this on Twitter uh, for you college football fans. Uh, Stuart Mandel uh, projecting the next round of Power 5 TV deals. The big, the Pac-12 right now, the school's getting $31 million a year. $45 million. 60. In 10 years, he thinks they'll be getting $60 million a year. Now, the bad news is by then, the SEC they'll will be, be getting 80, 82, and he's yeah. got the Big Ten at 89. But, yeah, but he does have to catch them, though, are they? No, they're not. Uh, and that comes, and they never can. And you can't hold the commissioner responsible for that. More people live right. in, in their region, in their footprint. That's, and that's not changing. I mean, more people by a wide margin. You know, those two leagues, that's where it's at. Actually, they do have the Pac 12 uh, pulling away and passing the ACC pretty significantly. Correct. ACC at 51 million, Pac 12 at 60, Big 12 at 66, and then 82 and 89 for the two big leagues. Well, save Clemson, Clemson, the Pac 12 is better than the ACC. I think one thing that does say is if that's where the Pac 12 and Big 12 money is going, the thoughts of them combining into some two into some super league uh, doesn't seem likely, and the Big Twelve feeling the need to be broken up that was all the rage you know five or yeah. six years ago. Yeah. If they're going to have the third best paycheck and they're looking to gross amount, uh, or no, I guess this is per school. You're right. Yeah, this would be per school. So uh, sixty six million. Yeah, but they don't really well, feel the need to expand then either. No, but not not the need to expand, but the need to reform. Meaning we throw you, you, and out essentially, and we join with you and you and you, and we form a new league. So we got the power brokers in each league. That's what I would be more concerned about with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 uh, from a Utah perspective. You know, we, we, we'll take the L.A. schools because they're really valuable. Uh, and uh, to make it just logistically better, we'll add the Arizonas. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then the, the travel wouldn't be as bad. That would so, hurt the Pac-12 a lot if that happened. I think, it would, well, it could hurt the Big 12, too. Well, well, they would have a new conference then, whatever it might be. Oh, if they weren't a 14-team league? Yeah, as opposed to just taking those. Yeah. Well, an either, either option. We can hit this tomorrow for sure. But, yeah, the thinking that, okay, we take those four, and then, as you said, or we take those four and we take – uh, Texas and, 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 and Baylor, whoever it might be, and it's not 14, it's down to back to maybe 8 to 10, but we've got a, we're getting more money this way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. If, that, if they really got desperate to close that 20 to $30 million gap, uh, you know, six from the Big 12 and six from the Pac-12 and have divisions, minimize travel, and try to get the schools with the, you know, the most juice to bring the most cash, yeah, if I were a Ute fan, I would worry about that a little bit. Um, my first reaction, though, is that that's a, a little bit of a gambler's move and a roll of the dice, and I don't think that school presidents tend to be that aggressive, but I guess we shouldn't, we shouldn't count it out because there's money involved. All right, we're out of time. We've gone over here. Uh, We've got to uh, make way for Hans and Scotty coming up next.